Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is Ellen K. Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Greetings. Welcome in on LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you with us on this Monday morning, a new week, May 8th, 2023. Ocho de Mayo. And uh, boy, we've got a good got a good show for you today. Busy one. A lot to get to from over the weekend. Tim Haruza is going to join us today to talk about what's going on in the Nebraska legislature. We'll uh, get uh, get you all the things that you need to know about what went down on the weekend as well. And hey, we come off another day where the Lincoln Dome did its thing. For better or for worse, I mean, I would say mostly for worse this time. I mean, I'm glad that we didn't end up with some of the severe weather that we saw in the state here. Uh, my in-laws in Iowa, they were sending us picture uh, pictures of legit softball-sized hail, uh, pictures of hailstones. I had, uh, I don't think I've ever seen in person as big of hailstones as they were sending me pictures of last night. So that was happening out to the east. Of course, during the afternoon yesterday, some severe weather to the west. But the the severe weather and the vast majority of the rain slid to the whether it was the south uh south and west of Lincoln or sort of did the thing where it splits apart right around Lincoln for the most part and according to the National Weather Service uh it was a tenth of an inch of rain last night which I was kind of surprised it was even that much yesterday Mark you think you got any more than a tenth of an inch overnight last night mm, I don't know I didn't look the gauge this morning okay. uh I'd say maybe, yeah, a little more. Not much, you know, probably. Southeast, though. there was more rain to the southeast side of the core of the city than there was out at the airport. Yeah, and that would have been probably had their umbrella up over the green gauge. Most of that would have been uh, just before midnight last night, when I, th- I believe is when it fell. I went, I took the dog out for a late walk last night at about nine forty-five, ten o'clock, and as soon as I got out there, it started like light very light raining so um but it wasn't anything real significant throughout the course of the night and so lincoln continues uh it's uh i think for the most part it's hope for some rain uh and looks like it's not coming today but there are chances uh into the rest of the week maybe on uh tuesday they come back although goodness now that i'm looking at it right at the moment here mark not much it's pretty the the numbers of possibilities are pretty insignificant. Wednesday actually looks like a better shot Wednesday and Thursday than do than does Tuesday right now. So it might be a little bit further into the week. Reached ninety degrees yesterday for the first time this year. Back into the mid eighties this week, and then gradually cooling a little bit throughout as this week goes on. A little bit every day, uh, and then back into. Uh, what looks like should be around the 70s for next weekend here. So seasonal seasonal weather at this time, but it just continues to be uh, continues to be dry. I was hoping uh, I was hope I, I keep trying to patch up. I'm doing the work, Mark. I'm getting Good those uh, do, patching up those areas in my lawn. Um, I've been checking out now. They are not cheap products, but I've been going with these products. Uh, you know the Scotts type the patch product, repair type yeah, stuff. The, the patch repair stuff that mixes. Like seed and fertilizer, and uh, I mean it's called mulch. It, I mean it doesn't look like regular mulch, but um, I'm, hope, I'm yeah, I'm hoping 
I'm hoping that's gonna just that's gonna work. We'll see. Water. I, yeah, I thought I was getting some help from Mother Nature yesterday, keeping this thing watered, but didn't get a whole lot on that. So I'll be out there again today, taking care of that. So that was the uh, that was the weather situation yesterday, and Lincoln seems to get off the hook again once when it comes to severe weather. So uh, that was. That was good. Congratulations, though. Uh, speaking of weather and transitioning to events going on to the weekend, congrats to everybody who did finish the Lincoln Half uh, Marathon. And Marathon, you didn't get the weather that you were looking for for that either, from A what I heard. A little steamy for folks. I heard some of the people who who ran it and who are pretty experienced runners said that that was about as tough of a conditions that they have had um, in in races that they've done, including previous Lincoln Marathons and like I said, you got got up into ninety later in the day, not when people are running, but the, especially those that were doing the full marathon mm-hmm. at a little bit of a slower pace. You started to get caught up as it got later in the in the morning into some some real muggy, warm conditions that I'm sure were really rough for the runners. Out yeah, there. you uh, you wanted to be right at the front of the start, and that's typically where your your more professional runners tend to be anyway. Mm-hmm. And the the temperature was not bad at that time, but it started to really heat up and and really feel heavy in the air. But if you were at the front, like a guy from Minnesota, you broke a 30-something-year-old record at the Lincoln Marathon. Stood since 1985. And if you were able to, he was able to uh, get things done before before the weather got too, too oppressive there. Uh, in that morning. So, yeah, what was that? What was that record? So the record was, it was uh, set in 1985. Philip Coppis uh, ran in 2 hours, 16 minutes, and 30 seconds. Okay. And then 14 seconds faster over the weekend was Abraham Kip Kemp- Kip Kamei. Okay. All right, broke the uh, broke the record. That's about the time that I ran when I did when I was in you know the best shape of my life. That's about the time I ran the half marathon in, <laughs> half as far as those dudes did. Yeah, about uh, that was about eleven eleven years ago that I I did that. So that's that's really impressive. So congratulations to them. Uh, sounds like an exciting morning on O Street behind you there, yeah. Mark. Yeah, it's nice cool morning. So I got the windows yeah. open. <laughs> We we have uh, there got, was a motorcycle that decided that forty fourth and O was a good place to uh, take off from. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. It's now at six thousand feet and headed northeast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no joke. Uh, Mark, you had the story uh, starting out the newscast today, but a stabbing in Northeast Lincoln, actually very close to Lincoln Northeast High School last night. Right across um, the street, they said. Right across the street. What what's the uh, what do we know about this? I know you, you had it in your, your newscast, but maybe a little bit more extended information here on what happened here. A 59-year-old man stabbed in the chest, uh, died at the hospital. 40-year-old suspect taken into custody without incident. Uh, LPD doesn't think there's an ongoing threat, but other than that, no other information has been made available as of yet, As whether it was a fight, a domestic, uh, we just don't know it okay. at this point. So. Okay. Um, so we'll uh, we'll get more information on that today, hopefully, from, from LPD. And then uh, kind of a, just a, a crazy day of, of stories throughout the day yesterday, locally, I started seeing tweets at about... Oh, 11 a.m. yesterday about people being asked to clear out of the high V at 70th and Pioneers and the people who were there didn't 
quite know why. Uh, the prevailing thought at the time was perhaps it was some kind of a gas leak situation and they wanted to get people outside. And turns out there was a bomb threat that was made to the to the grocery store that the LFR came out, took a look at, uh, decided there was no danger to to people. And by 12, I don't know, 1245 that afternoon, yesterday afternoon, um, I was I was there shopping and it was it was jam packed. So I can imagine. Yeah. yeah, it was it was there were a lot of people there. So it was business as usual. But that was a, a unique situation. And then we had this big car fire uh, out by Lincoln Southwest yesterday as well, which is still kind of odd. I don't I, I still don't quite know what happened with this thing. Was there a, a, there were not passengers in the car? There was a car out there, and well, I've heard was, diff- differing stories that there were some cars doing donuts in the parking lot and may have struck a light pole or or something like that, uh, but then got out. That was one of the social media reports that I saw. But then the car ended up out in a field uh, to the west of the school where. Uh, witnesses said they heard two explosions now that could have been something in the car that was burning probably yeah. uh but it did uh, cause a bit of a grass fire uh lfr couldn't get their rig so uh, that close to it because they needed to stay on the hard surfaces sure so but they were able to uh, get uh, enough equipment out there to put the car out and then they called in uh, southwest fire uh with their grass rigs uh, okay and and of course uh, burlington northern tracks run just to the west there you know down so they had to stay away from that. Well, uh, BNSF actually stopped the trains from going through there until they got the all clear. So Okay. All and, right. And then Saturday we learned that the uh, guy that was shot in that officer-involved shooting out in Westville last Monday, he died Saturday. So okay. All right. Expecting a, a very busy briefing today. Yeah, sounds like it, uh, with just a, the whole variety of uh, of of types of crime news, police related news here happening over the course of the uh, of the weekend. So, uh, and then <clears throat> Nebraska baseball. Well, they got the one, Caleb. They got the one, which is what I said they needed. You had to get at least one. I had to get one, and so I guess the score on Sunday, as long as you got the one, Jeez. doesn't matter so much. But and and that was a game where it was kind of back and forth. It looked like they were going to be in, and then all of a sudden, Nebraska was up inning, early, eight run inning, and that thing is. Whew. They were up early, then they were down four to three, and then you give up two snowmen. Those yeah. are never good to see on the scoreboard. One is not good to see. Two is very much not, <laughs> yeah. not good to see. And Maryland puts up 20 runs on Nebraska. But, again, Nebraska leaves the uh, the state of Maryland with one and two. And they did get the win out of that. They find themselves right now, if you're wondering about the standings, <laughs> in sixth place. But, I mean, if you count down six places, but there is a one, two, three, four, four-way tie for fifth place right four now. Four-way tie for fifth. With, at all at 10 and 8, Michigan State, Nebraska, Michigan, and Purdue. And that makes that your five, six, seven, and 8th place teams. Right. And puts all of those teams only a half game ahead of ninth place. Yes. Yeah, which is Illinois at 11 and 10. Right now, that would be the ninth team. That would be the first team out right now. And so Illinois could hypothetically. So you've, you've got a situation. And by the way, Maryland's the one in first place. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're three games ahead. They're 13 and five 
right now. Um, three games out of that spot, and then you got Indiana at twelve and six, so they're they're they are two games ahead of kind of that pack. And then you got Rutgers at eleven and seven, one game, and then Iowa's just a half game. Iowa's essentially in that tie too. Yeah. They're ten and seven. They've got one fewer conference game here at this point. What's absolutely wild right now, two weekends to go. Now Illinois only has one weekend left. They 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 played an extra series compared to everyone else or or with somebody else. So they're they're already one weekend ahead of everybody else. They played twenty one games. Yeah. Yeah. Um Nebraska realistically with two weekends to go, say they win all six, they could still win the league for the regular season. <laughs> Just as equal opportunity, Nebraska could miss being in the top eight and going to the conference tournament. Yeah. That's how tight the the entirety of this is for first through ninth right now. Now, 10th place and on, they're, they're, they're a little bit beat up. Yeah. Um, yes. Now, it, it, I mean, it, it feels like if Nebraska were able to go to get both series, go two and one or better mm-hmm. in each series, they're in. you probably feel pretty good about that. I would say if they, if they win both series, they're a hundred percent in okay. they, they're, there's everyone else would get beat up enough that there would be no way for them to miss. So, so if go, just go and win the series. That's probably kind of the, the bare minimum. Um, uh, but you probably need to do that. If you don't do that though, you're you're probably right on the line, and if you lose both series, you're probably done for the year. So yeah, that would be uh, that's kind of kind of what it looks like. And if you somehow sweep through both of them, then you know you're toward the top when it gets to the seating. Well, what's absolutely wild is if they do. Let's say they went one and two the next two weekends, so you go two and four overall. They're still going to be right on that line They'd because be five hundred then twelve and twelve because everyone else is playing everyone else. Yeah, so the, you're going to see a lot of other people take losses too. Yep. Well, it would be it would be really it would be really nice for a variety of reasons if they could make it to Omaha, just yeah. because I know a lot of people like to go up to those games and they like to have their hometown team to cheer for there at Omaha, and they weren't able to do that last year because they they didn't make it, and it was very close last year. Um, so hopefully they'll be able to kind of get it together. And, and the other thing is, if they do make it there, you know, you just don't know what you're going to get from this team. It can be Boomer it can bust. be a complete offensive explosion that can beat anybody or you can outscore everyone or it can be a team, you know, that really struggles to beat middling teams from um, you know, from small conferences. It's it's hard to tell what you're going to get from them, but if you get the good from them for most of an entire week, you think, "Okay, well they got a shot against these teams." And mm-hmm. you saw they were able to knock off the best team at least once in Maryland over the course of the weekend. <laughs> had had to get them 12 to 10. Yeah. You had to outslug them, but yeah, this this team right now is boomer bust offense with inconsistent pitching. Yep. When you, when you combine those, right now Nebraska's got more wins than losses. It could easily be flipped the other way. They are going to break the the school record for home runs in a single season. There you go. There and there, you there's go. a chance they could do it this weekend, or by the end of this next weekend, yeah. with the uh, one and a third Creighton games tomorrow night. All right, so there you go. Did you guys, uh, Mark, did you catch any of the coronation on uh, Saturday morning? Uh, I saw some of the uh, reports after the fact. I woke up and my wife was watching it on Saturday morning. <laughs> she gave me the she gave me the whole update. What a what a very all it, it was funny. All these pictures came out of uh, Prince William's family, especially uh, that was in the in the church when they were doing the pomp and circumstance and going with it. They looked miserable. Just nobody looked like they were everybody a good looked. Time. I mean, like nobody looked like they were enjoying the process 
some of the people out on the streets did. But yeah, they got to party. Yeah, they got to they got to party and party throughout the whole weekend and and today is a holiday for them now and so they're in, enjoying all of that. Did you guys but... see the Grim Reaper ro- walk by the doorway? No. <laughs> as soon as they had walked into the church and the cameras got the big uh, view of everyone kind of walking in, you saw just right by the doorway a Grim Reaper walk by. So somebody <laughs> timed it. It was um yeah, it was it, I mean I did not sit down and watch the entire thing, but it was covered so heavily on social media. Like I, I said, I caught pieces. up on TikTok. You caught up on TikTok. They had all the memes. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and it doesn't sound like Harry's in very good graces. Yeah, so he was there, right? He was, but without he without the family. He left right from the church, didn't go back to the uh, Windsor. Really? Or Buckingham Palace. No, he left right from the church and they said went back to California. I heard they had to cut out some of the flyovers because of weather, so that's that's too bad. We weren't able to do all of those those things. But nonetheless, uh, yes, busy, busy weekend all over the world here. And now we get ready for a new one here in the capital city. And I am, by the way, we are uh, we're knee deep in graduation plans, guys. We are. Uh, oh, I bet you we are. are now. We are now two weekends away from the graduation party and three weekends away from actual graduation. Uh, and. Then we've got a uh, uh, hopefully knock on wood. We've got a high school graduate after after that is all over. So. And they're moving out the UNL grads uh, not this coming weekend, the following weekend ahead of that to make room for the high schoolers that are gonna. Yeah, which I've got one of those. So good. I'm glad there'll be some room there. I mean, I'll be paying for it. So <laughs> I would I would appreciate there being a so a spot there. So it's COD for uh, for, the, for the college. It's a. Uh, it, Cash out of dad. It's uh, it's a it's a variety. It's a plan that's been worked out that gotcha. are with various inputs. Let's gotcha. say that. Gotcha. Let's say that. But it is not it is not free to go to and live at the University of Nebraska Lincoln. Contrary to what some people may think, it definitely is not. Uh, all right. And, and it also has been pointed out now. It's a scientific fact that tall people sleep longer in bed. <laughs> That's good. Thank you for that scientific update, Mark. I appreciate that. All right, we'll take a break at 626. Caleb's got a full sportscast coming up next on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. Well, I should mention it right now so I can get you guys thinking about this throughout the course of the week. On uh, Friday, I'll be running request line Friday without Caleb. Matt McMaster will be in here with me, but... You guys got this. We've got this, but looking at the calendar... This weekend, I made a realization that hopefully all of you have made a realization of, too. That is, yep. next weekend is Mother's Day. Ooh, yeah. it's, it's that week for mom songs. Yeah, next week is Mother's Day. And so, for Mother's and Father's Day, we'll always go back to uh, songs for mom. And that usually means, and, and will mean, this time around for Request Line Friday, that we want you to request songs that either you associate with your mom, that your mom likes or liked 
uh, or or that remind you or if there's a specific memory that is tied to uh, to a time with your mom that a song kind of evokes for you. Any of those sort of fall under the umbrella of what we're asking for mm-hmm. for Mother's Day songs. So get those in starting now to the request line Friday request line at 402-479-1400 on the Rick Stein Recognition text line. And we will be playing songs for mom on request, request line Friday uh, DJed by me this week. And we're excited, excited to do that. That should be some fun. And we'll do the same thing a few weeks later for Father's Day when that comes up in the month of June. So be thinking about that today. Be thinking of mom and what song best represents mom. All right. Sound off time. Uh, man, it was a, this, the news out of Texas this weekend, uh, mm. was just, was just really disturbing. Uh, from multiple perspectives here. Uh, let's start out, though, with uh, by now I'm sure you've heard about what happened in the uh, the shooting at the mall, the mass shooting in the mall. Let's get the latest on that. Eight victims were killed, seven others injured in that shooting. The Allen Police Department says three of the injured victims are still in critical condition, fighting for their lives this morning. The suspected gunman, Mauricio Garcia, reportedly did not have a serious criminal history and was licensed to work as a commissioned security guard from April 2016 to April 2020. Texas DPS records say he received two rounds of firearms training in 2015 and 2018, and authorities are reportedly investigating Garcia's possible radical beliefs after he was found wearing a patch on his chest that suggests he had neo-Nazi leanings. Garcia was shot and killed by a police officer who was responding to an unrelated call in that area. All right. Uh, just as, as you would expect, terrible, just terrible terrifying sights images sounds that that went along with this whole thing and um you know i i i don't know what to say after these anymore i i there's not there's nothing nothing to say um it's it's terrible that they're so frequent here uh in in this country and just um terrible situation for all of the victims and and families that are involved with this as well and the people who are still hopefully trying to pull through after this is over and then yesterday in brownville texas news about a mass casualty situation that had to do with a car essentially plowing into a group of people who were waiting at a bus stop and now they're trying to figure out exactly what happened there brownsville texas police say their initial step beyond getting help for the injured was to determine if the crash was intentional or accidental the director of a shelter across from the accident scene says many of the victims are venezuelan Victor Maldonado runs that center. He says a surveillance camera shows the SUV running a light and going, in his words, through the people at the stop. Police took a blood sample from the SUV driver to test his alcohol level. They describe him as uncooperative, but that has not slowed their investigation. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. So a lot of questions obviously still remain with what happened with that yesterday um but uh, again just two two stories there coming out of the state of texas that are just uh just terrible ones moving on to uh some of the other things going on over the weekend on a much lighter note uh we talked about the coronation festivities that happened on saturday morning <clears throat> excuse me in the united kingdom uh king charles officially coronated as the king and after that, though, after after they got all the the serious stuff down, they they did the 
the ceremonies in the church. They went out to the balcony. They did the flyovers. They waved to the crowd. That's when the uh, that's when the real partying in the country started. After that, young Prince Louis, fourth in line to the throne, yawned through much of the coronation. In the crowd outside, twelve-year-old Brody was far more engaged. I saw the king come out of his balcony. I just felt really joyful, and because I'll probably never see him again. Twenty thousand people will share the evening with King Charles tonight. Though a star-studded concert taking place at Windsor Castle just outside London, Katy Perry, Nicole Scherzinger, and Lionel Richie on the bill. With Monday a national <laughs> holiday, the UK is buzzing with street parties and local festivals. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. Wait, 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 wait. So they're they're having a big concert festival to celebrate the coronation of the king. And the headliners, at least that were mentioned in that story, I'm sure there were more, but the headliners were Katy Perry, mm-hmm. American, mm-hmm. Nicole Scherzinger, I think American, assume American, and Lionel Richie, uh, definitely American. <laughs> right? Yep, Nicole Scherzinger is American. Right. <laughs> so they brought they brought in three Americans to celebrate the coronation concert? I mean, where's... uh? Where's where's Elton, right? Where are the Stones? Where's where, where's Oasis? Why aren't we getting Oasis back together for this thing? Yeah, it's not like you don't have a deep, rich history of of pop and rock music there in your own country. <laughs> Bust, busting out busting out the hottest acts of 2010 there for that thing. The uh, I don't know. I'm a little surprised with that line. Yeah, that, that, they kind of hit my wheelhouse. Right, right exactly. Uh, maybe they maybe they booked them ten years ago and uh, twelve and years they ago. Just left just, them on just, Hey, we're just ready. We think this could happen at any point here. And you know, Katy Perry and Nicole Scherzinger are the hottest things to come along. And you know, people are people are always into Lionel okay, Richie. So, so, so they good. also had take that. Okay, that was like a boy band from from I believe the, the UK. Mm-hmm. Paloma Faith. Don't know what that is. Steve Winwood. Steve Winwood. Wow, the finer things are. Da, da, da. And, he was uh, also in Traffic, right? And yeah. Ollie Murs. Don't know who that is. Though those were apparently the Brit headliners. Really? Huh. I mean, sorry guys, it feels like you undershot that. The gravity of that event. They couldn't have got Ed Sheeran. Yeah, where's that? What Ed Sheeran's? <laughs> That's one of I, the, he's, the top uh, acts in the world right actually, now. There, he's hosting on. Uh, well, there he is. He's going to be on our TV here in a second. I think he's uh, now a judge on American Idol. I believe they've got him doing that. You couldn't get him for the freaking king because he's on American Idol. Where's Where's Sir Elton at? Right? Where's you know, Sir? Elton? You could get Elton to do one more show. Yeah. You couldn't just get a Queen cover band. Elton's like that was that was really my farewell tour, guys. We're really, I, although I think he played in Glastonbury after it was over. Still, but nonetheless, all right. Anyway, <laughs> a new NASA study is telling us more about potential life on other planets, and the thing that's necessary, at least the the thought is, is that to have water on those on those planets mm-hmm. or on those moons of planets as well, and. 
NASA saying, hey, there may be more of these places that have that water that could be necessary for life on those planets than we originally thought. It's long been suspected that there may be life on Mars, as space experts believe there's water hiding beneath the surface. Now, a new NASA study says the moons of Uranus, Titania, and Oberon may also have deep oceans with water warm enough to support life. The Aerospace Agency recently re-examining data collected by Voyager 2 of Uranus in the 1980s and using computer modeling techniques, it concluded the icy planet's 27 moons likely have liquid water at their cores. The findings are published in the Journal of Geophysical Research. Sue Guzman, Fox News. That would be something. If if we finally found extraterrestrial life, they're not Martians. They're actually uranal moons? You're... you're Uraniums? Uranium moon men? I'm not sure how exactly how that's said. I don't want to offend them. They could be our new overlords here. Uranials? Yeah. They may fight us in the battle against AI, so I don't want to say anything about that. But By the way, I will absolutely make fun of somebody more if they say Uranus. Yeah, right. It's Come on. I'm like, we know what you're saying here. It's you're trying your... to not get everyone right. to just giggle. Yes. I'll say it. I'm not scared. Uranus. Yeah. There, I said it. They're there, trying to there's find life on wa- the moon. There might be life on the moons of Uranus. Yes. Okay. Things. That's how it's. Uh, this is kind of a cool story. A uh, new ship uh, named by the Navy is paying tribute to baseball players who served in in the Navy, especially during um, some previous eras of time during wartime oh, wow. and took time out of their own uh, baseball careers to serve in the Navy. So this is a cool deal. Take a listen. The name paying tribute. By the way, it's the it's uh, the Cooperstown. Oh, cool. what they're calling it. The name paying USS. tribute to military veterans who put their baseball careers on hold to serve, including 70 members of the Baseball Hall of Fame located in Cooperstown, New York. Hall of Famers Johnny Bench and Joe Torrey were on hand for Saturday's ceremony. State rooms on the 351-foot-long ship will be named after Hall of Fame players and the USS Cooperstown motto, America's Away Team. Jane Fergus, Fox News. That's kind of t- cool. That kinda is creative very cool. there. Yeah, Cooper. Because you always have to wonder. One, it, it's great to to pay tribute to those to those guys because <laughs> when you think back to some of the records that we see in baseball, and we're like, okay, well, this guy is the first to do this since since Mantle, or you haven't had somebody do this since uh, since Babe Ruth or Tungsten Armo Duel, whatever. Right. Like, like some of those things, it's like, wow, there, there's this long storied history. Right. But there are several years missing smack dab in the middle of some of the greatest players' careers, especially when you got to wartime, because they went and, and they served, whether they, they were serving specifically in combat or they were they were serving in a way that kind of just helped more morale. Right. And there were guys that did both. Um, and, there, and there were women that served at that time, too, that were helping out with, with the leagues. But uh, a lot of these guys, man, they're just... At the peak of your career for something where it's like the worst you have to worry about is if somebody slides into you hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like Yogi Berra made his minor league debut in 1943, hits 396, about to go to the big leagues. Berra's draft card comes in the mail. He goes to the Navy. 
Uh, he was then a gunner's mate on the attached transport, the USS Bayfield, during the Normandy landings. Mm-hmm. He was part of a six-man crew on a Navy rocket boat at that point, uh, launching rockets at German defenses on Omaha Beach. And then he came back, spent another year in the minor leagues, called up to the Yankees, and he was the catcher starting there in 1946. So three years after he started fighting in World War II, he came back and... Uh, was was playing for the Yankees, and there's a bunch, you know, Bob Feller, Warren Spahn. There's a whole bunch of them in those and other eras that did it. So I thought that was a wow. uh, kind of a cool record. That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, now this is an interesting. You've heard of No Shave November, yes? Yes. When they do that, well, this is a version of that for your lawn, and it happens in May. No mo May. Why are people committing? to not mowing their lawns during the month of May. I'm mowing my lawn tonight, so I'm obviously not doing this. <laughs> you might start cutting your lawn in March, April, or May, depending upon where you live. But a new movement called No Mow May is asking people to abstain from lawn mowing until June 1st. The idea is to let grass and weeds grow and bloom, providing food and shelter for pollinators early in the season. But some experts say No Mow May is a bad idea. Bees and butterflies, they say, might get shredded during that first mow of the season and grass that's shaded by tall weeds can get fungal disease paul stevens fox news absolutely not absolutely not do you know what in in may one of the most aggressive grass growing months of the year in nebraska if i let that thing go i mean i let that thing go it hasn't even been a week since last time i mowed and it's a little crazy right now at this point you'll have to call we just had a little bit of rain you're going to have to get a machete out there by the end of May to do that thing in my yard, my my yard at least with this thing. You know, no offense to the pollinators, but look, we're going to have to. We're going to. I'm going to be. A, I'm going to get complaining. They're going to start talking about me on next door. That'll be a problem. What are we I just going to start putting thing. down turf? Seriously, it would be like. Like, the, at, as a society, we decide to just put down turf. I, I, I assume there is a product that exists for that and that people do it, especially in areas where it's hard to go gra- grow grass and the Arizonas of the world and, and those sorts of things. But I am a little surprised that that isn't more of a thing. Like the field turf that they've got yeah. in at Memorial Stadium or another turf, that there aren't more people who don't experiment with. with I, I assume it's cost prohibitive is the big reason that people... Don't do something like that, but mm-hmm. I, so like over one place that they do do it, I know in Lincoln is if you go, I believe out front of the Shields in Lincoln at South Point. Uh-huh. I think they have some grassy areas out there that are turf. Okay, if I've I remember never correctly. That. Yeah, you probably wouldn't unless you go there in the winter, and there's this there's this very vibrant patch of green grass in the <laughs> beginning of February or. Something like that, but I'm pretty sure they've got something like that over there, so you could see. Do they do like the like the heated turf? I doubt that. I don't think that's necessary. I don't think they do that. I but mean, it's like at Lambo where they do that. That's natural grass where they do that. Right. So that's just to to keep the grass somewhat alive. And um, but yeah, I don't well, know, it's I, an interesting I, I, idea. I I'm sure people have the, done it somewhere. I'd want to do that to get the snow off, like just right away, just melt. Yeah, it. just melt melt the snow right. We. I mean, driveway, sidewalks, those things, they're 
that yeah. would be there are some communities that actually have have those sorts of things uh all right uh do we want to let's see we can finish we still got time for a couple yeah. here, it looks like we can finish with this uh if you're a big <clears throat> if you're a big jeopardy fan if you're a, a jeopardy watcher you're really going to want to tune in this week so they're bringing back they do it seems like they do more stuff like this now where they bring back like the all-timers, the best contestants on it, mm-hmm. and do a competition within them. And they're getting started this week with the Masters series. The Jeopardy Masters tournament begins with the six highest-grossing champions from the contemporary era about to face off for the grand prize of $500,000. The tournament is hosted by Ken Jennings, who still holds the record for longest Jeopardy winning streak. Matt Amodio, Sam Buttry, Andrew He, James Holzhauer, Matea Roach, and Amy Schneider will compete after seven Seven episodes of the top four players will advance to the semifinals before one more player is eliminated. The championship culminates with the top three players competing in the Masters finals for the ultimate win. The new series airs on eight on ABC. Michelle Polino, Fox News. Oh, so that's actually a primetime thing. Oh, cool. So check that out. If you, it maybe is they don't have to film it if it's not in regular syndication. They have to film it like months before. I think like usually happens with a lot of these. Uh, all right, we'll finish off weekend box office. Uh, has anybody dethroned Mario yet? Let's find out. But no matter what happens next, the galaxy still needs its guardians. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 opened in first place at the box office, earning $114 million domestically and $282 million worldwide. The Guardians' rise knocked the Super Mario Brothers movie to second place after a month at the top. I'll do anything for my brother. We're going to save him. Mario and Luigi and their friends earned another $18.6 million this week. The movie's domestic total now stands at $518 million, and the movie's made over $1.1 billion around the world. Ken Luretsky, Fox News. Did he say Mario? Yeah, he did. Twice. Yeah, don't put it, I don't think anybody says that. A uh, big year for Chris Pratt, huh? Yeah, I guess so, right? With the uh with the Mario movie and uh Guardians so of the Galaxy. So he's in both so he's in one and two? Yeah, because he voices Mario. Dang. And, then, and then he's obviously the Star Lord Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow. Impressive. All right, six fifty six, we'll take a break. It's L N K today with Jack and Friends on K L I N. You're You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Yeah, and just kind of looking forward beyond today with that forecast. Well, it did end up getting about a tenth of an inch of rain last night uh, in the Lincoln area. Single-digit percentage chances throughout the day on Tuesday. Wednesday, we get up to, it looks like, uh, Wednesday morning, perhaps, got a more decent chance, about 25% throughout much of the day. There and then on Thursday, back down to uh, back into the evening, uh, late afternoon and evening, we're at about a 35% chance, is what they're showing right now. So chances do persist throughout the course of the week, although nothing that looks like a real sure shot. And you kind of never know, even though it's something that would be very overdue here, especially in the capital city. All right, uh, coming up a little bit later in the show, Tim Ruse is going to join us. We'll talk Nebraska news and politics with him, including what's going on at the legislature with the budget, plus your morning drive. So stick around. That's all coming up at 7 o'clock. KLI and Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. 
Hey, greetings and welcome in. Alan Kay today with Jack and Friends. Glad to have you back with us on a Monday morning. 55 degrees in the capital city. About uh, 20 minutes from now, we will uh, jump into the morning drive and count down the five things we're going to be talking about today. So I did a... uh, Caleb and I had a conversation on the show last week. I don't know what really brought it up, but we were trying to... We were trying to guess and speculate about how many uh, vape smoke shops... Just the total number of them Just the total number that are in Lincoln, because it legitimately feels like you every week there's another one that opens right i'm not exaggerating um with this whole thing and it's less i mean you know the the market is the market for this thing but it's less that i'm bothered or annoyed or something by it more so than i am just i'm just shocked that the market will sustain this kind of growth in one specific industry in what a what appears seems to me to be an incredibly short period of time. Um, I most of these, I think, I would say the vast majority of these were not around five years ago. There might have been a few in the uh, in the more early days of that. But I did the best way I know how. I'm sure I could pull records. I could go into you know through the the Secretary of State or something and and do a query and and figure out records, but. The, the quicker, slightly rougher way to do that <laughs> is to simply use Google mm-hmm. and and use Google Maps. And <clears throat> I've done that and just taken a look here. And I don't think everything's I, – I don't think everything's listed on here completely. Um, but I did that here just out of curiosity. And I came up with about 23. 23. Now, I just – I, I just searched it. A lot of them are are combination. Some are just vape shops. Some combine that with with CBD or other hemp type products. And so there are probably more that go along with that. But the the interesting thing is, you look at O Street alone, and you count them on O Street, especially starting starting with downtown, and then going to the east from downtown. I count one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There are ten, eleven. I've got eleven of them between this intersection that we can look out at at Forty Eighth and O and downtown. Eleven <laughs> on them on O Street between downtown Lincoln, which I guess you can define as I mean, just for the purposes of this discussion, the furthest west one would be uh let's say on about 15th street i think 15th street is the furthest west one that i've got um and then that goes so from 15th and o to 48th and o i count 11 of them <laughs> which is if there are if there are 25 there's probably more than that there's probably closer to, I, i'm gonna guess there's probably close to 30 total is there a demand but a for that? third of them in that area I get that there is, I mean, there is some demand, but whenever this happened, and this has happened, we've joked with Robin and, and Dave about this for years, it, it wasn't always it wasn't always vape shops for a while, it was, uh, it felt like cupcake places, or frozen yogurt mm-hmm. places, 
or they would just be these little, as, as Robin would call them, micro trends that explode, and you always keep wondering, sort of when you've when the bubble is there, that it's going to pop for these sorts of things. But so far, it hasn't because the growth is still still incredible. And you again, probably thirty. Like I'm trying to think of what even what how many gas stations are there in Lincoln. I, I assume more. There's got to be more than that. Yeah, there's, I think there's, there's got to be more than that. But is it a lot more than that? When I Google, when I did gas stations on the map, it felt it felt like it didn't show all of them because it actually was close. There's got to be more like more like forty. Um, now here's the thing: I do that same search for vape. Yeah, Omaha, Nebraska. In Omaha, there's not a whole lot more than what I see in Lincoln. At just total. Yeah. Yeah, again, I'm counting. Let me, let me just count these up when I zoom out from the city. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. I count 25. 25 right here that are showing up on the wide view of Lincoln with that whole thing. And you're saying Omaha doesn't have a ton more than that? No. Just looks like a couple dozen here. Okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. And the, I, and the Omaha Metro, for anyone who didn't know, has a few more people than Lincoln. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I if I do that same search, there's just there's no way. I, I just I feel like this can't be accurate. But I do the same thing with gas stations. Mm-hmm. See, there's no way this is right, is it? One, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. It only shows twenty, but I bet if I zoom in, there's a lot more they're gonna pop up. Yeah, there's way more. Okay. So that one when you zoom in, there's a bunch of them that that pop up. So I'm going to guess there's closer to 40 to 50, I would think, gas stations in and around the capital city. But as we know, none between <clears throat> 70th and Van Dorn <laughs> right. and North Lincoln, uh, essentially on, on 70th Street as well. Then I tried, and then I was, I was curious, what else is ubiquitous here, right? What else do you feel like, are there any, I don't know if it's microtrends or specific businesses and so I pulled out, you know who's got a lot of locations? Scooters. Scooties. Scoot- they've done a great job of growing yeah. in this in this city. Counting that up, 1, 2, 3, we 4, got 5, some 6, yesterday. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. I count 21. Just rough count here. 21 scooters in Lincoln, Nebraska. Do you have any other idea of an industry or something specific that you think can compete with Man, a wide shot on the vape shop. If you could put together a scooter and vape. <laughs> Wait, you know what we haven't checked, which is the other one that we've talked about most recently. Car washes. Car washes. Car washes. That's a good one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one is what I'm counting here. Twenty one. So <laughs> what else would even be in that category of going, yeah, there's definitely one if you just walked in front of wherever you're at right now and threw a rock, you'll probably you're be always close gonna to one. you're always gonna find what I mean you'll always find drug a vape, a vape shop scooters or a or a, a car, wash. car wash those are the three oh, and you would think a gas station, but that's not true of some parts of town right like is that your three headed monster that, right is, now is in that it is that it? I mean, there's a lot of... How many Amigos? Are, I don't think there's that. No. We're not in those numbers with Amigos, are we? Let's see. Let's see. 1, there's 2, 3, f- 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 
Still 14. I mean, that's still a decent number, though. Right? Is there more of any other fast food restaurant than Amigos in a Lincoln? I would say there, I think Runs is probably a little under that, right? I would say Daily Owns is under that. Runs is in 14 Runs is what I count. Okay. So Runs and Amigos are about the same in the city. We're still about, we're still about 10 to 12 below vape shops and car washes for the city of Lincoln. Uh, McDonald's in that same area. Oh, yeah. McDonald's, obviously. Right. Or Subway or something like that. Not Burger King. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Subways. Oh, my goodness. There are a lot of Subways in Lincoln. Holy cow. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. There are 22 Subways in Lincoln? Are you kidding me? Did you have any idea? I count 22. I guess it makes sense. So there are more Subways. Is that the biggest one? How how many McDonald's were there? Did you check that? Uh, Four. 13, 14? Okay, yeah, the Subway's got that. There's not that many Jimmy John's, right? No. No, I don't think no. so. Let's see. There's not that. No, not Daily Owns. There's only like 10 Daily Owns. So, wow, is Subway, is Subway the only one up in the rarefied air with, with vape shops and car washes behind gas stations in the city of Lincoln? Someone texted in. Uh, what am I forgetting? Am this I forgetting? came in from Kelly, and it said Walgreens. Walgreens. Okay, I'll t- I'll do Walgreens. There, there, there's only like, I think there's only like, there's only like ten of those, right? There's Not more, even. Ten, there's more right? than ten. Really? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. I count thirteen. But then, what are you doing? But if like, you count, then if like, you count, are you going to count CBS? Yeah. So maybe if you just search drugstores, that might actually do it because you'd also have CBS, and you'd then also have some local ones that would go into that. So when I do, yeah, this this only shows. Yeah, drugstores are probably going to be up there too, right? I think you're probably going to get if you count CVS, Walgreens, and the locals. That's going to put you in that same air of. 25 to 30 to 35 locations. Ooh, chiropractors. Oh! Diane said chiropractors chiropractors and nail salons. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, nail salons. Let's see what I can get for nail salons when I... uh, Nail salons. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah, nail salons are up there. Definitely are up there. I'm counting about... Again, this is just a little, you have to kind of estimate with some of these. I'm saying about 25. Does that sound right, guys? About 25 nail salons. So right in the right in the vape car wash range, potentially. And then, chi- let's see if we what, what we can find out about chiropractors. That's a good one. I hadn't thought of that one. These are the businesses where you have got some, holy cow. Uh... I'm thinking we're right, right, twenty to twenty-five there too. Does that sound right? I got people who are in chiropractic; they probably would be able to know this better than better than I do. But just the the Google the Google Maps look at the whole thing. All right, so we'll add those. Well, I think nail salons and chiropractors are also on, in that in that rarefied air. <laughs> drugstores, drugstores, chiropractors, nail salons, vape shops, subways, car washes. The 25 and over club for businesses in Lincoln. Did you hear that new Lincoln high rises? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? You just need to just all of these things one place. Could we make could, now? Could we make? Is this an economic development project where we put all of those things that apparently are so important to have all over the city into one mega mall? Right. One perfect so you go, strip. You mall. go one place at the strip mall, and you got your you got uh, number one a gas station there, uh, and then we got your we got your vape shop. We got your subway sandwiches. We got your scooters. We got a car wash built into the whole thing, right? We've got a drugstore. Are we gonna? We get, got a chiropractor. Yeah, we're gonna get snapped. We, we, we got a chiropractor <laughs> there as well, and you can just run through the line of all of them, one after the other. It's just like a process. Get adjusted while you get your car washed. Ooh. Right. Right. I was hoping to vape in the car wash. Get your get your prescription. There's a prescription. There's a pharmacist and a sandwich artist together in the back room. <laughs> that makes me think you're going to the pharmacy. And it's like, all right, I want the blue one. Right. Maybe a the, little bit of the green they one. Got the, they got like the subway thing. Yeah. Would you yeah, like that like- toasted? <laughs> Uh, if I forgot, all right. If I forgot any, I'm curious. What else is in that rare? The 25 or more club. What else goes in there? What are we forgetting? Mark says an auto repair shop. All right, I'll check that one. I'll check that one. That's probably true. Yeah, I'm gonna guess <laughs> Tim says <true>. lawyers. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true too. <laughs> all right, it's 7:24. Goes into LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. All right, welcome back. LK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Excuse me, it is time. I'm still getting over this stupid cold. Who gets a cold like this in May? Should be happening in January. You did. Anyway, we need to count them down, so let's get going with number five. LFR, LPD, Lancaster County Sheriff's Officers, all busy over the weekend. A fatal stabbing last night in Northeast Lincoln. LPD responding uh, right across the street from Northeast High School. A 59-year-old man uh, was stabbed to death. A 40-year-old is in custody. Uh, yesterday after and overnight, my dad, LFR, two-alarm house fire, Northwest 8th, uh, about the 2900 block. Um house garage roof collapsed uh, they were on scene for about three hours before they finally cleared that lfr uh, responded yesterday afternoon to a car fire uh heard witness told us that uh, they heard two explosions in that vehicle or they believed that the vehicle it was in a field west of the high school southwest high and started some grass fires so lfr put the car fire out but they had to call in the southwest uh, grass team Burlington Northern closed down the uh, rail yard there. And then a bomb threat over the noon hour yesterday at the Pioneers uh, IV, 70th and Pioneers. So, busy time. Yeah, which turned out to be nothing, by the way. I was in that store and shopping in it about an hour and a half after that whole thing happened. And it was was very busy at that time. Um, But yeah, waiting to hear, especially more on on that stabbing that you talked about. Mark, it would appear that this would be the sixth homicide in the capital city in 2023 since uh, yes. there's been a lot more attention in, in uh, keeping track of, of those numbers. So It is being treated as homicide. I so failed it's five to. to date now, and so this would be six. And as we heard a lot over the last few months, there were 11 last year, and that was a, a record high. It um, was. And so you kind of do the math, yep. and it's on track for, for something similar here 
this year as well. And the Lancaster County Sheriff's Office, which is the lead agency on that officer-involved shooting last Monday out in West O, they announced over the weekend, released the the, uh, fact that Chase Abney uh, died of his injuries on Saturday. Uh, Sheriff's Office taking that lead because both an LPD officer and a state trooper uh, had uh, discharged their weapons at Abney. All right, moving on. Number four. After a threat of severe weather in the area last night, Lincoln escaped without much of anything. Officially, the airport saw about a tenth of an inch. That doesn't do much to help our dry conditions. Got a chance of rain as we look to the forecast. Yeah, that's what I was I was wondering. <laughs> when it looks like Wednesday is gonna be your best shot of actually seeing some seeing some real rain here because it just didn't materialize last time around. But Tuesday late into the afternoon and then Wednesday overnight looks like right now, Mark, your best shot right now to actually get some some real rain. And then Wednesday, Wednesday night into Thursday, actually all looks looks pretty good. So if you're if you're dying for the rain, if your lawn's dying for the rain, looks like you might get your shot at the end of this week. But I think we kind of thought that was going to happen last night too, and yeah. it really I mean started started dripping a little bit at about ten o'clock. Uh, then a little bit more came through, I think, just before midnight, but just not not a whole lot. But the positive side is you didn't have the severe weather that you were you were hearing about in a lot of other parts of the state and the bordering states yesterday. Looks like 30% chance tomorrow until about midnight. Then it goes up tomorrow night to 60%, 70% chance on Wednesday. So as you mentioned, yeah, Wednesday, that's yeah, that Wednesday. Looks like your and day. Then, but even Wednesday night, still a 50% chance, and then back to 70% chance. Thursday into Thursday night, so yeah. uh, you're right. We got some pretty good chances. I'm getting, uh, I'm getting my mowing done tonight. Getting my mowing done tonight. So you're not then, doing uh, no mow may. Not doing no mow may. That just sounded awful, and I don't even have a yard. Yeah, for those who didn't hear, we talked about this in sound. There's this movement for I don't, I don't know where it started exactly. No mow may, which is essentially to let your lawn and the weeds grow out to provide a better habitat a better habitat for pollinators essentially um, but there are also some drawbacks to doing it that way as well <laughs> including you probably getting complained about on the uh, on the next door app in your there's, neighborhood there's probably a few city ordinances that would be quickly uh, it would be yeah mine it, a month of that in may it would look pretty especially if we do start getting some rain it would look pretty bad pretty although, fast although that could be a second source of income you could call in some people and bail it yeah, that's true. That'd be good. That would maybe it would spread. Maybe if I just let it grow, I don't think this is how grass works, but it would spray or would gre- uh, spread to all the parts that just decided not to grow this year. Well, if you let it go to seed, it will help. I think. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know exactly how that works, but maybe, maybe I would. Now nah, I'm still going to mow tonight. All right. What else we got? Number three. Oh, the unicameral inching closer to some compromise legislation on voter ID. Senator Julie Slama. I uh, did not return calls to the Nebraska Examiner, but they've got a fairly intense, uh, intensive report that she and Senator Tom Brewer and a couple of others met last week, and they're putting together some amendments that would uh, really kind of replace LB 535, and it would would broaden the um, number of IDs that could be used, and and some things like that make it easier to vote either by mail or in person. So, Slama did talk about this to um, Nebraska Public Media, and she said that it sounds like the proposal now 
would allow state ID cards, student ID cards from colleges and universities, IDs from nursing homes, expired IDs would also be allowed in accordance with case law. That was one of the things that was um, a valley between the two sides on this whole thing. And then, uh, then the proposal would also allow witnesses to sign a vouch they'd seen a person's photo ID after a person had filled in their mail-in ballot and placed it inside an envelope to protect ballot secrecy. Uh, witnesses would put themselves at legal risk if they lie. So there was um, there was some talk about that needing to be a notary public. I assume this just means anyone would do as a right. third party right. as a witness on that. So that would be uh, that would be it. There's some more. There are some other things as well. But so it sounds like they're they're not too far away on this thing, and it's probably going to be what it looks like here. Something like that next time. Uh, next time that we vote here. In the state of Nebraska, coming around to the uh, that'll be the what the 2024 primaries will probably be the first chance that you'll have to really see what the impact of these new voter ID rules that have been voted into the Constitution. So there you have it. Yep. All right, moving on to number two. Number two, Journal Star reporting: Jeff Dodge, the owner of Ramos Pizza, was found dead in his home Saturday. Uh, it was an online post that they picked up. Expecting a Facebook post and statement uh, from them later today. Um, obviously, I mean, what do you? Uh, I, I don't know. <clears throat> we don't know much about what happened here, nor do I want to speculate on it. But just a, a terrible story here, and um, uh, we've you know we've been through our stuff with Munch Madness. You know, we've had Ramos be a big part of that in the past, and so we're so sorry for the the family and the. The people who are a part of of Ramos and going through this right now, um, and we'll wait to hear more from them on this thing. But just terrible news here this morning. I guess I heard it last night to to hear that this had happened, and just you know, I can't I can't say a lot about him personally, but I think that that business did a great job of um, surviving and adapting and being a place that was really well liked and in the capital city and we could see it with how they did in munch madness year after year and opened a second location for a time out there in the uh uh in the the area there on north 48th street at uni place um and then that they ended up closing that but added that buster's barbecue concept in i think about 20 years ago there along with ramos pizza and that's been really successful and the place i always enjoy it's in that old pizza hut there on south 48th street normal roughly just and, across uh, from, from uh, Norms from, on 48th. Norms on 48th, and all those restaurants have had those interconnected battles in, in Munch Madness over the years. But above all of that, though, um, we our thoughts, our condolences go out to family and friends um, and everybody here on that. And maybe you know, Just think about all the restaurants that are there between Normal and Van Dorn on South 48th. Yeah, yeah. Busy, busy area, and they've, they've matched up a, a lot on those things as well. So... Um, I want to see if there's, you know what, their last, there's, I don't see anything new on their Facebook page. In fact, the last thing is a post encouraging people to vote for Munch Madness. It's the very last thing that I see on there. So we will, uh, we will see. All right, moving on. Number one. Runners on the streets and trails of Lincoln yesterday battling heat and muggy conditions. Uh, the Lincoln Full and the Lincoln Half Marathon run yesterday. And Saturday, it was the mayor's run. Uh, but yesterday, warm conditions, uh, muggy, didn't break a record. 
Yeah, tell us about this uh, record-breaking performance yesterday, Caleb. All right, so out of Minneapolis, Abraham Kip Kamei, and I'm really sorry that I'm butchering some of these names. It's hard when they're not like some local people or you can find video on some pronunciation, so I'm doing my best there. Out of Minneapolis... He runs 2 hours, 16 minutes, 16 seconds. And when you're one of those top runners, you get to go earlier, which was good because you avoided the heat that started to come in for some folks that were maybe towards the back of the pack or taking a little bit longer to run it. Now, that record had stood since 1985. It was set by Philip Coppice. The record was broken by 14 seconds. So you run wow. two and a quarter hours. To break a record by 14 seconds. Wow. Think about That's how, impressive. How far, if we walked outside right now, how far could you get in 14 seconds? Talk my vehicle in the backyard, in the back lot. Half a block? Right. I don't know. Right, right. You'd, I have don't to, know. you'd have to be trucking to do a half block in 14 seconds. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, it was a, it was a record that <laughs> I get was downhill pretty good out here. <laughs> now, it was a record that was set in 1985. 85. Uh, a man named Philip Coppice had it at two sixteen thirty. So he shaved, as you said, fourteen seconds. Now, I want to know. I want want to know uh, if if Philip Coppice was able to run it with the shoes of 2023, right? And the moisture whisk, 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 uh, wicking technology. Of 2023 okay. and the okay. and the underwear of 2023, how much? How many more of those 14 seconds he would have shaved off? Do you need a? I mean, for people who are longtime runners, I, I that's a legitimate question I've got. Like, how much better is running equipment now? Like, how much more pleasant is running in 2023 than it was in the 80s and the 70s? Um, just maybe maybe it's not all that different because maybe you are just wearing you're you're just wearing a tank top and super short shorts or you're taking your shirt off anyway so maybe that doesn't matter it probably were taking By the your way, shirt off that Philip Coppis also set in 1985 the Twin Cities Marathon uh, record where he ran 210. Oh my goodness! And that's one of the fastest times ever by an American. He's originally out of Iowa, and that record was broken um, about four years ago by a Kenyan. Well, maybe uh, he was the uh, he was the Road Runner of the Year uh, by Road Runners Club of America in 1985. He finished sixth in the 82 London Marathon. Um, he he uh, he won the Chicago Marathon in 1981. Maybe Kip Kemi's going to go. He's from Minneapolis, right? So we yeah. go up there. That's his hometown marathon Ooh, up there. 210, though. Could go back and, and claim. Uh, did you happen to see thing. how old he is? 45. Yeah, he's 45. <laughs> he's my age. <laughs> he's my age. But guys. He's older than you. Guys, that is five minutes, 13 seconds per mile. <laughs> that is five minutes, 13 seconds per mile. When I was in the. When I was in the best shape of my life about 11 years ago, at least running-wise, I had I got what I thought was a really good time in the half marathon for me, and that was two hours and 10 minutes-ish. I was about, I was trying to keep it on, my big goal was trying to keep it under a 10-minute mile in the half marathon. Five-minute mile is just insane to be doing that for, over the course of 26.2 miles. By the way, second place... In the race, did you see how far behind second place? Seven was? minutes. Seven minutes. A guy from Oof. a guy from Iowa. Seven minutes. Seven minutes behind. So if you're looking at how long it takes those runners to run a mile, yeah, 
It was a whole mile. Yeah. It was over a mile. Yeah. Uh, we got a, a Lincoln runner, though, won the half marathon. 105.20. So uh, that's Noah Rasmussen, 24 years old. So congratulations. What was the... Uh... that? And then the women's uh, winner was uh, 31-year-old Hirat Gwangol. Gwangol? I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. From Aurora, Colorado. She got... She averaged 6.11 per mile. Slow. What was Just the... kidding. Just kidding. What was the oh thing gosh. on Saturday? What was that mare's run? I don't... I never even yeah, the knew one that mile... was a thing. Yeah, that's been since I was a kid. It's a it's a one-mile run around the Capitol the day before the marathon oh, cool. every year. Every... Yeah, and the kids... I can the handle schools, that one. There's some... I don't know how they do it now, but at least when I did it, and I think even my son ran it years ago, um, they had a thing where kind of the school how many kids each school had run in it or something oh, there was cool. some, or a fundraising thing that went along with it as well so so yeah there we go I can but, handle that one that's more my distance but to all of you what even if you got out there and you ran it and didn't win it and especially those of you who ran the marathon and were not doing it to be done in two hours and 15 minutes uh, you saw some tough conditions yesterday with the with the heat and the humidity that was out there, that would have uh, that were probably probably re- made yesterday one of the toughest runs that you maybe ever had. So congratulations for going through that. And even if you didn't get your PR or the time that you were hoping for, the conditions probably played into that. I did hear guys, some people saying, "Hey, this is uh, th- this is another year where it's been warm in that first week of May or second week of May when it when it runs that first weekend of May. Is it time to move this thing?" To April. Okay, I I saw some of those same I've seen, conversations. I heard a couple of people say that now. But are you going to run into the Kansas smoke? Oh, that will. Yeah, would that what? As a runner, what would be worse? That's a good. It would be bad if you were running on one of those really bad days. But usually that comes a little later in April. Maybe I don't know. Could you do it April? Uh, could you do it the first weekend in April? Would that be? Would that be all right? Because as a runner, you want it to be like forty degrees, right? That's about where you want to see the thing. Not a lot of wind, not rainy, if possible. So, anyway, so that makes it even more impressive. By the way, that the record was broken here. Yeah, with uh, with those conditions. All right, seven fifty four. It's a lot of marathon time talk, but we only do it <laughs> once a year. So, I want to recognize a, a record breaking performance there. Seven fifty four. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Off grid. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIF. Now we got people setting us running times. Uh, what did Ben say on the text line? Said he watched a uh, second grader run a 6.15 mile. In the mayor's run? Yeah. <laughs> nice. What I, in the world? I, uh, man, I still remember the day at Holmes Elementary School. It must have been, and I started going to Holmes, and I went to third, fourth, and fifth at Holmes. It was probably third or fourth grade, probably third grade, when we did the mile run, which was a day I dreaded at <laughs> school so badly. I dreaded it, and we did uh, we did it right around, like they had a path measured off the playground. It was just like it was just like four laps or uh-huh. six laps of of this path, and I remember doing it, and I still. This is one of those weird, random things about your childhood that sticks in your head. I was so embarrassed. I got 12 minutes and 21 seconds on the mile. And so I think that back back when I did get in my more peak running days uh, after that, I, that, I, that drove me to, <laughs> to tell that little kid, hey, 
Listen, you got a 12-minute mile, but you average under a 10-minute mile in the half marathon, so you did it. I very I'd be much, back in the 12-minute mile now, though. I preferred the go running a mile part over the, the presidential fitness, the sit oh, and reach. Oh, the sit and reach was... Sit and reach was the worst. Oh, my gosh. I didn't ever... I don't think I ever registered a positive score on the sit and reach. <laughs> I don't think I ever reached the zero on the sit and reach. It's pretty much where I was. Yeah. And then the guys... And then the people who could just hammer out the pull-ups were the worst. That was all... Oh, the pull-ups you, weren't bad. Oh, great. You're that guy is what that means. Okay, the, you just pull someone being good at pull-ups pull is not not a whole lot worse than when you sit there, you try to do the sit and reach, and then a girl sits down right next to you and she touches the end of the board. Right. Like what? I, what are you? Is I your, could barely is your get spine my, made of gum. I was so inflexible that I could barely. You know, they had the wooden box that you did it on. I could barely have my my heels could barely touch that. <laughs> my foot almost didn't go up to a right angle like an L to be able to do that. Let alone lean over and then touch touch those things. Ben says, come on, guys. Zero is just touching your toes. Well, I couldn't get I, to zero. I could, there was a line that said zero, and I couldn't get to it. <laughs> I got a negative on that thing, so I never got any, whether it was during the whether it was during the Reagan era, the H.W. Bush era, the Clinton era, none of them gave me a presidential award for fitness. It was very disappointing. I think it was politicized, in my opinion. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we, go woke, go broke. <laughs> All right, it's 56 degrees. Could have checked the news. We got a Tim Rosa with a talk a little bit about what's going on in the Nebraska legislature on KLIN. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499 KLIN. I'm start walking your way. All right, let's go. Tim Aruz is joining us right now as the uh, legislature enters the home stretch of a uh, it's been a very boring, I think, 2023 legislative session. Just uh, not much to discuss, but we'll try and uh, eke something out here with Mr. Herza, who is in studio with us today. Good with morning, fancy iPad with a keyboard. Wow, that is—it's <laughs> a case cover with a keyboard. <laughs> My goodness, what is it's it? Not that fancy. What is, what, not that fancy. Oh, no, I know. What is it? 2015 up in here? <laughs> Jeez, this is exciting ooh, here. Ooh, gosh. <laughs> I didn't think anybody used iPads anymore. Uh, it's way handier, and like it doesn't have to boot up and stuff. That's what I'm used to. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, that's kind of moved. Yeah, that's good. Uh, all right. Where should we? Where <laughs> should, where should we start today? I'll get to the budget stuff, but I want to. It sounds like there is a a compromise nigh on voter ID. We were just talking about that in the uh, in the morning drive, and so. Um, it looks like you're going to have a situation. I, I think they've been mainly kind of discussing what what exact IDs can be used and who can be a witness. I guess how it works now is if you vote from home, you have to have someone else sign and prove that they saw your ID if you're voting from home. Is this going to be something like that? Not necessarily a notary public, but just someone else. And so they're getting close to that. And so, Tim, it's, uh, I guess, primary season 2024. We'll have our first taste of what voter ID is going to feel like here in Nebraska. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see exactly what comes out of it. Um, obviously, you have some reporting over the weekend. Um, I kind of... 
Uh, we heard there was maybe a deal on Friday that it was up at drafters, um, and then the the reporting sort of came out after that that there was there was maybe an agreement or that they were getting closer. Um, we've heard sort of the outlines, but the saga of voter ID this year, Jack, has been kind of <clears throat> I'm not involved in it, but I'm kind of watching it with interest, right, just to see where it's going. It is it's a it's a top level issue. Almost one thing that we always we always talk about those of us around the legislature have been talking about this entire session is every time the speakers come forward and said we've got important issues to deal with this year at the top of that list or somewhere near the top outside of tax cuts and those sort of things has always been voter ID. And part of that is this like obligation to do something in the wake of the passage of the constitutional amendment, right? You can't I think they all uh, legislators, and I don't want to speak for every one of them, right? But it seems like there's this mood or this feeling that they've they've got kind of an obligation to respond to the vote that took place last fall and pass something to give parameters heading into the next election. What's also been sort of clear coming out of it is that, you know, you mentioned next year, the next year's primary, a year from now, uh, actually, a year from, yeah, a year from May, April, yeah, April, a, May, the year I don't from even now. know when they are now. Yeah, the parties have different days. Uh, yeah. a year from, a year from now, we're going to be looking at the first election cast in Nebraska where you're producing a photo ID or some sort of ID at the ballot box and or you're submitting a mail-in vote that complies with these rules. So you kind of have, a need to get something done sooner than later. Like we've all been wondering, are they going to come to a deal? Are we dealing with like a special session type issue? But there's kind of a runway you got to back into it. So re- recall redistricting, right? Two years ago, um, when you're doing redistricting in 2020 or three years ago now, uh, redistricting in 2020, there's always this like problem with. They couldn't do it too late in the year with that special session and come to an agreement. Otherwise, you're going to mess with the primaries because you got to give like the secretary of state, the election commissioners, all of those county officials have to have time to back in whatever those requirements are. And and I think that's sort of some of the need here to get it done and get it done in a workable fashion um, that doesn't put costs on counties that are that are running these elections like huge costs. I think that's where you've seen, at least with the proposal that was out initially and then the amended proposal, some pushback from county officials have said, hey, look, this could cost us tons of money that we haven't budgeted for. Plus, we have to administer the elections and put these rules and regulations in place in plenty of time before and see how this is all going to work, right? Mm-hmm. Have have some protocols, have some like just general standard practices across the state for this yeah. to work. So. so it'll go in the primary and then, of course, it'll go in 2024, which, like every presidential election, is the biggest election of our lifetimes. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, uh, and I'm sure there'll be, you know, there'll be a Senate race on there, too. There'll be House races on there as well. And, um, yeah, legislative races and all of those things as well. Yeah, it'll so. it'll be a very it'll be a very big election in terms of the stuff that's on the ballot. So especially here in Nebraska, what um what do you think the chances of uh, abortion getting back discussed during this session are? We talked about it a little bit last week. What's the update a week later? Um. Lots and lots of talk and speculation, um, lots of speculation about how or why or when um, or what it would look like if it does come back, um, either in an amended form or in an amendment to a priority bill or even like a select file amendment to another bill that's kind of out there that's on its way toward passage. Um, and then also, you know, the, the two words special session to a couple of times. Um, what's unclear and what's like really hard 
it's clear that folks are talking about it. There's no question that the legislature's talking about it. Um, there's no question that Senator Rippey is still having conversations with every everyone who supports that bill. Um, I know um, I've seen the governor around with him a couple of times over at the Capitol. Like, there's still a what is where's Senator Rippey thinking? What's he doing? Um, and then kind of what's the pathway if you're going to do something? Is it is it 12 weeks or can they do the six week heartbeat bill like they initially planned? Um, I would tell you that as of Friday last week, talking to a couple of senators, I don't know that anybody knows for sure what the strategy is going to be or kind of when that will will happen if it happens um, or they do. And they're just really keeping it close to the vest. So um, I don't think the conversation about abortion is over necessarily, uh, but I don't know how it, how it's going to happen. Whether, Like I said, whether it'll be an amendment to a bill that's still in committee that needs to be moved out and then we're spending, you know, eight hours, you know, the, the eight, four, two um, through, you know, another 14 hours of debate to get it to final reading or whether or not it, it could come as an amendment somewhere or something like that. But what? And then, all options, I think. And then the I guess the question, and you, you address this, but the thing I still wonder is, you know, let's say there was movement toward a special session, but a special session for what bill? Right. right? I mean, same conundrum, right? So you is it the same 12 week one they talked about last fall and, and didn't end up going, which I think you would have the support of repeat. Do you just go get that done? Um, or like, I don't know what what people on the on the pro-life side of it are. are do they even want to mess with the 12 week thing? Or, or do they just want to continue to wait and try and get it to the six weeks here next session? What I what I don't know is well to to that question, Jack. Whether if you if you want to do twelve, if the proponents of further abortion restrictions, um, if the pro life movement wants to do twelve weeks, they can do that. Right? They can do that this session. They could do that next week. They could gut a bill, put it in. Get it through. Senator Rippey is clear on what he wants to see out of the legislation. So if they're willing to compromise at 12 weeks, they, get that vote. they can get that passed this year. If you're still pushing, if you're go, if you're willing to do the 12 weeks, there's probably no no real incentive to do a special session because you're probably dealing with the same dynamics. So then you go into the next question of like, is there anybody else you can add to that? 30 as that 33rd vote and we talked about it here on the radio a week ago or so after that um senator wayne was slow to to cast his vote um on cloture he casted his his vote as present not voting um is he is there somewhere is there some negotiation there's some level six eight weeks i don't know um i think all options on the table in terms of how do you get that 33rd vote um and you're at the same the same position heading into the summer no matter what so it's a right. uh, next session's also the same it's the same right. folks it's the same, it's the same folks. yeah but so maybe, unless changing uh, you have all of the same questions maybe a year from now the six week question you know you have some more how this plays out and across the country and other states maybe some of that to go back to senator rippy and argue with otherwise you're waiting until that 2024 election when you have like 17 new freshman senators that'll be coming in and then yeah yeah, who knows how that'll work okay um with a number of democrats and republicans up uh where are the biggest uh, following the budget debate a little bit here this week but for for those who haven't kind of what have been what have been the big issues it sounds like new prison is is kind of front and center with a lot of it so far uh prison is definitely a big discussion point on the floor i know um things open pretty early kind of discussing what's going to happen with the new prison when it opens 300 plus Plus million dollars, it might be closer to three fifty million now, three thirty, three fifty, something like that. Um, million dollars on a new prison. 
what that means for the current penitentiary here in Lincoln. And I know Senator Wayne kind of started off with like, hey, look at it's it's real nice that you gave us you know, a day to look at the budget. And as I'm looking through it, you're putting in a new prison, but you're not putting any programming in to help the people that are going through prison, mm-hmm. you know, become functional when they're released. And I think that sort of slowed things down. Interesting procedural motion that he made, like trying to filibuster the um the amendments to the journal which is like a really like i don't know if you've ever been to a board meeting adopt the agenda or the the minutes or whatever it's basically the same Mm -hmm. sort of thing there but started the filibuster there um i think they're coming to a compromise maybe on some additional dollars there i haven't seen it yet but uh maybe expect some of that and then you know senator mckinney has been very clear too like hey fine if you're going to do this that's okay but tear that other one down we don't need more beds um we need fewer prison beds uh, is kind of the tug of war i don't think there's a ton of traction for that but it's definitely a discussion point um i think there'll be some amendments that come on select file to clean things up move things around um a lot of it being kind of where the money comes from right whether it's general fund dollars or cash reserve dollars is, is still kind of up in the air on some items it is an interesting question for lincoln though what happens to the state pen after the i mean, I, I, mean, I see yeah you're probably right they're probably not going to tear it down but like well it's been a what discussion do do? I mean, that's been a discussion point since this sort of came out of out of the woodwork and an idea to build something new because i mean that facility and you know, in my past life working for the Judiciary Committee, I've I've toured every prison in the state, Jack. I've been inside every single one of these facilities and that you know, you've seen a ton of media reports about the water and sewage and those sorts of things. The facilities are old. It's a hundred plus year yeah. old facility and yep. it's kinda of tucked in there and it's kind of been pieced together over a long time. Some of the discussion on the floor last week was sort of about Look, parts of it are absolutely need to come down, but there's parts of it too that like, you know, there's one building out there that's not that old. It's might maybe five years old now, might be, uh, might be more new than that even. Um, but you can use some of those things maybe in a different way, right? Maybe not a maximum security facility like we have here at the penitentiary, but if you move some of those higher risk, higher level, um, criminals, uh, that are, that are, that are doing time to the new facility. Maybe you can take some of those buildings and tear them down and take them offline, but maybe you have some more, some housing over here that could be used for like community corrections and other transitional housing and stuff like that, that, that are sort of pressure points for the system. Like, um, and we've seen investment in even, even out here at the, um, other Lincoln, uh, correctional center, um, out west of town. So. There's there's options there. I think that's kind of the discussion is, hey, maybe we don't want to tear it all down, but parts of it or um, I remember when this first came out, you know, uh, Frakes, Director Frakes, former director of corrections getting questions by i don't remember it was senator stinner or somebody on appropriations with like well can we sell that land right (laughs) right and have it developed and you're like "Eh, we don't know what we want to do with it it's also in a weird place right it's right along the creek i think there's some floodplain issues what i I mean i don't know i just got excited this isn't the greatest policy position for me to take but i just got sort of excited about this city not having a giant fortress of (laughs) of uh 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 they're on on a place that I drive by all the time. Fourteenth and, all and kinds former of people, Highway Two uh, people capital, drive by all the time. Parkway, that was seemed whatever. that was kind of exciting to me. It was like to me a nice area you could develop, or I don't, maybe there are floodplain issues there as well. Yeah, so. based based on the discussion last week, it became pretty clear that I, there's no intention to tear it all down. Right? There's some buildings out there that they seem to clearly want to retain or use, and and stuff that you need to replace. So. All right. Um, so uh, deeper beyond that, beyond that, what's next in the in in kind of the budget discussion and where are the battles going to be fought on that? Uh honestly, I think it, I mean it. 
it's all sort of on track. I'm not sure that there's any like big blockbuster changes that are going to happen okay. to the budget. The discussion issues surrounded the canal um, last week, right? So uh, Senator John Kavanaugh had an amendment that would have reduced the amount of money being spent on the canal to free up some cash and argued sort of like there's some calculation stuff on the cubic feet per second. There's also still a push on the environmental trust funding. So um, the budget as proposed by the governor takes some funding from the environmental trust dollars and transition them to agency spending, right? So that's kind of a cash fund for grants, for conservation and those sort of things take some of that money and you saw a group of some former state senators, some members of the Environmental Trust Board kind of came out last week and did a press conference. Um, Might have been Senator John Kavanaugh as well that ran that amendment that would have transitioned that money. It, I think it garnered like 12 votes maybe on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, so there might be some discussion about that that takes place again here on select file in terms of people that are just, you know, that don't really like the proposal. But outside of that, I, I don't expect a ton of blockbuster changes. Then what, then, then what's, what are we still getting to after that then? What's left? Well, then we turn back to passing some of the more controversial bills, right? Yeah, I guess the, the, uh, voter the Let Them Grow bill is still out there, I guess, isn't it? Uh, there, is, there is that one. I don't know. I don't know whether that's going to get, um, floor time like the the speakers sort of said hey personal priority bills of senators are kind of on the back burner right now depending on what takes time um but you still have the transgender bill out there that has not passed yet right yeah that's still sitting on final reading yeah oh sorry that is the let them grow i was thinking of the school uh safe spaces oh okay yeah that's what i was talking about the transgender one Um, the one for how you handle um transgender in schools and stuff okay. so uh but yeah that it, there's still two more hours on that it's still sort of unclear whether there'll be an amendment there's 14 hours out there on voter id right oh. and um that's still got to come to the floor and have okay. eight hours on general four on select and two on final reading um there's a number of bills on select file a couple of them today actually that are on the agenda that aren't like super sexy exciting things but Things that take time, and then yeah, it's whatever's left after that. The what we really haven't dug into either. There's a big revenue committee package that has I don't know like 21 bills in it that uh, has a ton of good changes for a smattering of different issues, right? Yeah. So you've heard a lot of yeah. a lot of the talk about multiple types of, of packages that include bills. That one has 20 plus bills in it that include the Lincoln Convention Center turn back type stuff. Um, some of the things oh, in Omaha okay. for that. Yeah. Um, the, when, the bonding for highways is in that package. Right. Um, so that one is yet to come and hasn't had four. And what about school either. funding? What, what, where are we on that? Man, I can't, I've lost track of that bill. It might be on select file. It might be on, I think it's on select file. I don't okay. think it's to final reading yet. It came into the session. That was a huge thing. Part of the problem with that too, Jack, is you can't pass those bills until until you have the budget finalized, right? So they need to pass the budget through. Then they know, we call it the green sheet in our world, but they know kind of what they're working with for dollars on the floor as they start to pass bills that have cost, right? Um, So the, the appropriations committee and the budget budgets certain things. Then it leaves like a, here's a big pot of money that goes on to the green sheet for use in spending as the legislature passes the rest of its bills. So mm-hmm. I think those expense, those things that cost money that have moved through will come after the budget once we know kind of, because they can't can't overspend, right? Or balance right. budget state. Uh, and then last but not least, what happens first? A Democrat wins a governor, a Republican wins the mayor of Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> uh, both, maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I uh, that may- the mayor's race is, um, I mean, I've spent the last week kind of rolling it around in my head. 
turnout, man. <laughs> 46% turnout in a city election that had three things on the ballot is wild. I mean, hey. I was complaining like, hey, it's such a small it's such a small issue. How do you get people to turn out for the election? And they just, you know, 46% Put advertisements in front of them nonstop. 16,000 more voters <laughs> than have ever participated in the election before. It's crazy. You know, 10 plus thousand more ballots cast via yeah. via mail-in ballot. Like, or I'll take the Republicans votes. in the city, by the way, if, I'm, if, I'm, bet, if I'm guessing that. I think the, the candidates are a little bit more unpredictable there so we'll see but oh, we're not might, gonna have a democratic governor and, might be <laughs> no second coming not of, unless they change the registration after they're elected as a republican then maybe there you go. all right thank you tim i appreciate it we'll catch up next week again thanks jack 61 degrees in the capital city on klin you're listening to lnk today with jack and friends on 1499.3 klin All right, welcome back, Ellen K. Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you back with us. Mike Schaefer is vacationing this week, so we will uh, we'll get back to him next week. Looks like he's enjoying some time in uh, in the mountains in Colorado. Uh, but Caleb, I do want to talk a little bit about Nebraska baseball uh, because they did do what. I said on this show that I felt like they they needed to do what they needed uh-huh. to do this weekend in Maryland was get one out of three against the arguably the best team in the Big Ten, first place in the Big Ten uh, on, on the road, and having just coming off another just I mean I don't I don't think Will Bolt or the players would even have a problem with me saying that just kind of laid an egg against North Dakota State. Uh, again, and they had that during the midweek. So coming off that and getting one one win was important. Plus, it keeps them in a you know not a stress free situation when it comes to the standings, but at least one where they're still controlling their own destiny. Yeah, when it comes to the Big Ten tournament, and as we've talked about on the show a few times, right now this the, this team which is putting up historically good offensive numbers for Nebraska baseball. Um, if they want to get to the postseason, this historically good off, uh, offensive team, if they want to get to the postseason beyond the conference tournament, if they want to get to the NCAA tournament, they've got to, they've cornered themselves, they've got to win the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. And to win the Big Ten tournament, they've got to get into the Big Ten tournament. And so they did, like I said, the minimum of what they needed to do, and that was getting that win. That win on Saturday was huge. It was it was a big win. That was a good win, and then it got it got ugly yesterday uh, for the pitching staff for Nebraska and Maryland. Put twenty runs up on them. So here's where Nebraska sits right now. They are ten and eight in the conference. Where does that put them in the standings? Well, it's a little complicated. They are technically in fifth place. But they are in a four-way tie for fifth place at ten and eight right now with Michigan State, Michigan, and Purdue. Okay, and those would be the last four teams according to the standings. That's number five through eight in the the standings that would get into the Big Ten tournament. Only eight teams get in out of the total fourteen in the conference. So there'll be six teams that are staying at home. Nebraska did that last year, and you had a sadly empty. Uh, what is it now? Charles Schwab Field. Mm-hmm. I still want to say TD Ameritrade. It was yeah, a sad. It was a sad. That's so sad when the Big Ten tournament's there and Nebraska isn't a part of it. And so, job one is making that happen. And like I said, you held serve to make that possible. So 
you take a look at the standings now, Caleb, and I think that's the real focus. Whatever it, you know, you'd prefer not to be the eight seed if you get in there. You'd prefer to be higher, but first order of business is just getting in. You've got Mm -hmm. six games in the conference remaining, okay? Three at home against Penn State. That's going to be the home finale conference series this coming weekend. And then you have three against Purdue. So six of them left. And then you've also got those game and a third against Creighton. That's a midweek game that they're going to finish up, which frankly is fairly irrelevant right now at this point. But nonetheless, you want to get that. You still want to get that win. Those wins, both of those wins, if you're Nebraska, just for a momentum situation. So if you look at it, Illinois is in ninth place. They're the first team out there at 11 and 10. They have only three conference games left this year. So they're the, that's the, I mean, the, that's really the team that is the one that you're worried about stealing a bid right now from someone in the top eight. They finished their season this weekend at Rutgers, okay, mm-hmm. on the road at Rutgers. Rutgers has, has had a, a better season than Illinois has. Uh, so far, they're 11 and 7. In the conference at this point, they've got 30 wins overall, so they're looking pretty good here. I mean, Illinois is just a 500 team, so they're 11 and 10. So let's say um, if they would get one win in that series, I mean, best case scenario for Nebraska and really all these teams is they get swept and they end up with 11 wins. And so either of these teams would only need one win out of their next six to tie them. If they get if they get uh, one win, then they'll be at 12. Um, 12 and 13, or 12 and 12, I should say, for the year. And then, of course, Nebraska, Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue. That's the, that's the line. They're 10 and 8 right now. So you could, if you won two games out of the next six, you would stay tied with them. So what I'm painting a picture for you here without, it might be a little bit hard to understand without seeing the numbers in front of you, but Nebraska gets a couple of wins here out of the next six. They're probably going to be okay. Yeah. They're probably going to be okay. To get to Omaha. Now, that's not all you want. You prefer a better seed. You prefer not to see Maryland in the first round. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. After after seeing them, and there are a few other teams you want to avoid. Uh, but if you're somewhere from winning between two and six games, I mean, I mean, if you get if you get half of them, if you if you get half of them, you're good. If you win both series, you're you're golden. You're you're in the tournament. Yeah, you're hundred percent. You're going to be you're going to be fine if you can go two wins in both. Now, if you want to start thinking about if if that's the goal, if get if if it's getting in, you've got to just not have a losing record over the course of the next two weekends. If if the goal is really improving your seating, five and one, six and zero oh, is going to get you most likely. That would put you at let's say they go at five and one. Uh, that would get you to fifteen and nine um, for the for the conference season. Right? Indiana's in second right now at twelve and six. So Rutgers is in third at eleven and seven. So you might be able to get yourself in the top three, top four if you're able to go yeah. if you're able to go five and one out of out of these groups. So it's just a matter of if the wheels fall off completely, we're gonna talk about not getting in the tournament. If you if you you beat these teams that you have better records than or or the same record have and even at five hundred, you're probably good. If you if you go five and one six and zero, oh, you can start thinking about being a higher seed to open up the tournament in Omaha. Yeah. So that's kind of the lay of the land with this whole thing right now. I still think it is. This it is wild to look at the standings and see from first place to ninth place, three and a half games is the difference. It's so it's tight. Very tight. It, it, it's it's that's not why, a whole lot. That's and why it, the two seed and being out of the tournament are both still in play yeah. at this point. Um. Being the one seat and being out of the tournament is still in play, right? Like, yeah. like that, that's that's how close it is. 
Um, but when I look at the schedule and look at because everyone else has to play still two more series except for Illinois, I think if Nebraska gets two, if they get two of the final six conference games, they're going to be in the tournament. Right. I think that that's that's realistic. Which, by the way, would still feel like a huge disappointment. Yes, if, it would. In those two series, it would feel like you are just limping into yeah. the conference yes. tournament, especially after you come off of this weekend where, yeah, you got a twelve to win on Saturday, but you lost eight to four on Friday. Got yeah. blasted twenty to five yesterday. Right. When, and then after the game, Coach Bolt says we were pretty incompetent on the mound. Like the the pitching Oof. pitching has been so inconsistent. The hitting you'll have you had Max Anderson hit three home runs this last weekend. Right now, Nebraska has 83 official home runs on the year. That number will go up once the Creighton suspended game gets final, and then they play the Creighton game tomorrow night. So you in, in the single-season school record is 93, set back in 1985. You are within 10 right now, sitting at 83. That is second all-time for a single season in Nebraska history. And you're teetering on being one of the last couple in or even missing the conference right, tournament. Right. Like it's amazing how how the the duality of the personality is for this Nebraska baseball team. When things are right, they can run rule anybody in this league. Right. When things are wrong, man, they're going to be out of it quick. They're going to give up five runs in the first inning like they did Friday or uh, a couple weeks ago and it's just like all right, well are they done? Is that it? Yeah. Like the rest of this game? Are they even going to come back? Right. Um, it, so, so you you look at that, and it's just with six games to go in the conference. I think if you get two, get two, and you're in. Hopefully, they just do that this next weekend. Get at least two. Say they go two and one, and then that last series is all about seeding. Each win can potentially improve a seed. Right. Yeah. I, it, I mean, it's just it's crazy because the. The hope of getting to Omaha is, yeah, you've got such a, you've got these, I mean, you have the second best offense in the Big Ten. And the best, Maryland's ridiculous, by the way, which we saw a little bit yesterday. So you have the second best offense in the Big Ten and the best offense in, in at least maybe in the history of your program. At least home power wise, you do. Yeah. I mean, they're still, and they're at 301 average. They're second in the, they're second in the league in batting average. They're up in the top three in in uh, on base OPS and and those sorts of things as well. So it's not even just the home runs, and so you hope, Caleb, if, is there a way? Can you get to Omaha and let that offense just really shine um, and and outscore teams where their pitching staffs are decimated just because of tournament play? Can can you do that? Can you get a and listen? It uh, I mean the offense shouldn't keep, but but you've got to have some pitching. Especially in a tournament format, and you've got to have some depth of pitching mm-hmm. as well, and that's that's just the question right now. And because it's been so inconsistent, you worry about a tournament format. Uh, you've gone into some weekends where you played really, really well, and yeah, they lost on Friday this past weekend. But Nebraska has, over the course of this year, been pretty good to to great Friday and Saturday, and then no pitching to handle for them on Sunday. And Tuesday or Wednesday, but then come back around and be really, really good Friday and Saturday. So what you're hoping for in a tournament format, handle your business the next couple of weekends, be a top four seed. So you're you definitely avoiding Maryland out the bat. Probably want to avoid Rutgers, who's been pretty good, even though like you didn't do bad yeah. against them. 
And so get in there, win game one, yes. stay out of the double Save elimination as long as you can. Yep. Win game two, okay, well at that point, if you've won two games, you're now sitting where you are one game away against another winner's bracket team, and everyone else is burning pitching. At that point, yeah, you might be down to your number three starter, and you don't know what all of that's going to look like, but if you get two, and then your offense feels good, and the crowd's feeling good, things can get weird in Omaha. You see it every year when it happens with the College World Series. We've seen it get weird for Nebraska in this conference yep. tournament in Omaha. Yeah. So I think Nebraska is set up, if you take care of these next two weekends and you do get to Omaha, they're set up for two first rounds, as inconsistent as the pitching has been, to put themselves in a good position right. to win the first two and not burn through that staff. And Nebraska is still fourth and almost in third, almost a tie for third in ERA in yeah, the Big the, Ten. The pitching stats for this team, uh, uh, compared to other Big Ten teams, is not it's bad. It's crazy. It's like if you would just look at the conference statistical standings, you would say, "Oh my gosh, Nebraska's got to be in first place." They are second in batting average, right? They are, or they're third in batting average. They're second in homers. They are third in ERA. They are first in fielding position. Uh, fielding percentage with with the with this team right now. Mm-hmm. They have the profile of a team statistically, even after giving up twenty runs, uh, a profile that looks like, hey, that this should be a team that should be contending for a championship. And so you like, there's always that party that wonders if, like you said, you get to Omaha, does that really come through for them if if they get the chance to do it? So yeah, it'll be a big weekend at at Haymarket Park next week, and maybe finally could they have. Three games with nice weather in the final home series of the year, Caleb. It would t- that would they haven't had it yet. I know they have not had three day. And right now, Friday eighty four, mostly cloudy. Saturday seventy nine, mostly cloudy. Sunday seventy two, and and cloudy is what it's looking like on the forecast. Um, that would be that would be good because then the other thing is if the weather and then they go to Purdue next weekend and you remember what happened at the end of the year last year ooh when when you start to get into some rainy situations rainy situations and if you have you're gonna have I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a log jam for not only for seedings but maybe getting into that tournament as well mm-hmm. and so rainouts on that final weekend could be key yep um, oh man who calls the game who decides if it's a rainout who decides if they're gonna stay and and try and play and Purdue is front and center with that last well, year. well and especially since you bring that up Purdue is part of that four-way tie for fifth mm-hmm. and they're at they're at the bottom of that with all the the current tiebreakers <laughs> so when you start to look at that, the roles could be reversed. Well, you yeah. you could get there, and it could get down to Sunday uh, on the very last day, and you could look at it and say, "Well, a loss knocks somebody out." Yeah, but it's raining enough, and just leaving it unplayed puts both of you into the oh tournament. Oh my gosh! Those are the things that are still possible because of how tight this is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, just a little <laughs> I bit. I mean, of it's a- dumb, but it's still there. Uh, but I know I, I wanted because I was wondering this uh, as when I woke up this morning too. Is like where does everything stand right now after this weekend and what happened to the other game? So hopefully that laid it out for those of you who are interested and would like to see uh, maybe take a trip. It's that it's on that last week of school, or the last week of school for at least for my kids for LPS and uh, leading up to Memorial Day weekend when they're going to do the conference tournament in Omaha. So uh, what would that be? Two weeks from 
Yeah, it would be it would be two weeks out from I think yeah. tomorrow that it would get started. By the so. way, Nebraska is definitely going to break the record for home runs in a season, and they're not going to get anywhere close for RBI or runs or really? hits. That's interesting. I they, didn't know that. They're going up just hitting home runs. Just bombs. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, and is this uh, Matthews-Anderson home run race going to get interesting as we uh, get further down the year? Uh, Anderson's led up a, uh, pulled up a lead, hasn't he, in that whole well, thing? Well, he hit three over the weekend. Yeah. So he's a, One he's each game. On, yeah. All right, 84 we'll take a break. This is the LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 857 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. A little Chicago here on the bump. They're coming to Lincoln on Friday night. You see them at Pinewood Bowl. Gave some tickets away last week. We may have a little. We may have a little few uh, more of those here coming up this week to give away as well. Uh, hey, but I do want to give you a heads up. It's early in the week, but by the time Friday gets here, and that'll come quickly, we will be ready for request line Friday. And since it is, lest you forget. Mother's Day weekend coming up on Sunday. Well, through the whole weekend, but Mother's Day itself coming up on Sunday, as in a week from yesterday. Request line Friday will go full Mother's Day edition. So we are asking now, starting as soon as you want, for your songs for Request Line Friday, Mother's Day edition. And that would include uh, if it's a song that reminds you of your mom, if it is a song that your mom likes or liked, uh, if it is a song that triggers a, f- a specific memory of your mom, whatever, uh, or a mom in your life, uh, grandmother, whatever it is, uh, or a mother-like figure for you, uh, we would love to hear what those are for you. And that, that we did this last year. I think we've done this one every year on Request Line Friday, and it's always been, a, I, th- I think, a really cool experience hearing the songs and the memories that go along with them as well. So get in early. I don't want to squeeze. It, it, it always happens. It will happen, given that we're getting, you know, we're getting up to 100 requests every weekend on Request for Line Friday. It's, it's pretty and fun, so, yeah. Uh, I want you and your mom to be front and center in this whole thing. And so don't wait till the morning of Friday, if you can, if you can help it. Because I, I hate it when I have to squeeze the songs, and they haven't yet okayed us to uh, add another couple hours of the show on Fridays to play all the songs. <laughs> Although, I would be interested in that if they would. So there you go, request on Friday, coming up this Friday with Mother's Day. All right, we are wrapping up the show today. And by the way, Tuesday on the show, it is the return of Dr. Ken Dewey. Ooh. He missed the month of April with us. He was doing some travels. No problem. He's glad he's able to get out and do that. But it's been a long, long time since we went a month without talking to Dr. Ken Dewey. So we will talk to him coming up tomorrow at 8.35. He's in uh, he's in John Baylor's normal spot. But he'll be joining us at 8.35 tomorrow. We'll also have Jason Ball joining us from Lincoln Chamber. And we'll talk to Joe Jordan from News Channel Nebraska. So that's what we've got going on for tomorrow. That's it. We'll see you tomorrow. We end the day on 59 degrees in the capital city on KLIN.